Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is going to be what we learned about modafinil in 2017. I've used modafinil over a hundred times, and believe it or not, it's not my favorite smart drug. However, I use it consistently because it consistently puts me in a really focused state and it does an exceptionally good job of doing its original pharmacological purpose, which is keeping you really awake. There's a second reason I like it and recommend it highly to biohackers seeking performance enhancement, which is that it has good science backing it up. And not all smart drugs do. A lot of nootropics are case studies of marketers trying to make a quick buck by misinterpreting bad science. And I'll recommend that you check out the documentary series that I did on bad science. Modafinil, on the other hand, is a drug that a rigorous scientific epistemologist could really appreciate. And epistemologist, that's your vocabulary item to use next time you're at a cocktail party and want to sound really smart. Epistemology is the, it's the uh, school of thought. I think it was a philosophical thing originally as the Greek etymology of that word. Epistemology would indicate epistemology is theory of knowledge. So that's a, a rigorous methodology for ascertaining Uh, for ascertaining truth given a series of facts. Look it up. Look it up sometime. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on to the modafinil science. It would be an understatement to say that modafinil has been thoroughly studied. In total, over a thousand pieces of published research on modafinil can be found on PubMed with an impressive 580 human research papers in the last 10 years alone. This article will summarize the science that's been done on modafinil in 2017. In 2017 alone, there were 80 papers published about it. But don't worry, I'm not going to summarize every single one of them because (laughs) not all of them are interesting. I'm going to focus on the ones that I found interesting, and hopefully so will you. Why 2017? Often science does not age well. In researching anything related to neurobiology, which is a pretty innovative field, you should have some preference for recency. In 2017, also, 62 scientists and physicians, along with five United States senators, petitioned the National Library of Medicine and National Institutes of Health. That's right, some United States senators actually did something useful for once. They're not just uh, taking checks from lobbyists and getting into trouble with sex scandals all the time. They actually did some good for us finally. Bravo, guys. So they, they petitioned one of, the, uh, one of the agencies, the National Institute of Health, to change their rules and make the public funding of studies, uh, make public the funding of studies, which you can usually see on the PubMed page that is public for anyone with internet access to take a look at. Before 2017, 
researchers could more or less bury the funding sources of their science behind the paywalls or put it somewhere in the study that's not really conspicuous. And now it's upfront for everyone to see. And this is something that makes science more honest in 2017. So that's why I encourage you to show, again, a little bit of preference for recency with these studies. Let's talk first about wakefulness. A 126-person trial out of Guy's Hospital in London evaluated it in treating central hypersomnia. From the study, 39% of the patients demonstrated a complete 25% partial and a 36% and 36% a poor response to treatment. Central hypersomnia is like super insomnia and it's regarded as one of the most severe sleep dysfunction. So it really speaks to the power of modafinil that the majority of the patients experienced transformative recovery in this study. A UK paper on the subject of military combat surgeons who often have to perform surgeries in a sleep-deprived state mentioned modafinil during and as an effective method for combating fatigue. Modafinil helped a person disabled by pilocytic astrocytoma to recover their consciousness and communication ability as verified by polysomnography, which is a type of sleep study. But you already know that modafinil is a wakefulness agent. The rest of this podcast, I'm going to focus on the findings from recent research about modafinil that might surprise you. Let's talk about modafinil and memory. One case report out of North Carolina indicated... One case report out of North Carolina indicated that modafinil may have caused resistance to propofol because of its effect on neural pathways that activate consciousness. Propofol is a bit of a mysterious drug with the official purpose of getting rid of memories and it often causes unconsciousness. So it's kind of like that flashy thing in the Men in Black movies. I suppose then modafinil is a good drug to take if you're going to be having a close encounter of the third kind anytime soon. An Austrian animal study noted that the R isomer, at least of modafinil, has cognitive enhancing effects on spatial memory. So that would indicate that it would be good for things like, oh, let's say if you're gonna do maybe like architecture or if you're going to be doing some uh, some painting perhaps. And perhaps those of you out there that use modafinil can comment on this podcast and let me know if it seems to help you with those tasks that require that, that spatial memory. Next, I want to talk about working memory. A randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial of 60 patients noted that it improved both working memory and episodic memory. I'll explain the difference. Working memory is kind of like the RAM of your conscious mind that you use for problem solving. Episodic memory. This is your memory of your past. So like the house you lived in as a child, your first job, your first kiss, etc. And the English-Turkish team of researchers 
concluded, 200 milligrams of modafinil could improve episodic memory and working memory performance in patients with remitted depression. Modafinil may have potential as a therapeutic agent to help remitted depressed patients with persistent cognitive difficulties. However, the patients in this study were recovering from depression. Often people will have retarded working and episodic memories even after the more obvious symptoms of depression go away. So this does not guarantee that modafinil will increase your baseline memory if you are an otherwise healthy and not depressed. If you're a healthy younger person who would like to improve their memory, my recommendations are paracetam along with the adaptogen stack of Panax, ginseng, and ginkgo biloba. Biohackers are always very interested in hacking working memory. And a reliable tool for doing this is dual and back brain training, which even raises your IQ, and I'll link to the science showing that. Modafinil is such an intense promoter of focus that brain training while dosed on modafinil is like weightlifting while you're dosed on creatine or whatever the whatever the, the weightlifting stimulant is you're using. It, you know, it's something that's gonna make the workout for your mind all the more intense. So I'd venture that using the two in combination, modafinil and dual end back training, for like 30 to 45 days would be a pretty effective biohack of raising your IQ, actually. But that's that's just a, a bit of my own conjecture. I'd love to hear from some people that have maybe uh, experimented with that sort of thing. Next, let's talk about modafinil and cognition. A significant portion of modafinil users are not people suffering from narcolepsy, but otherwise healthy people seeking performance enhancement to work or study harder. And an American study focused specifically on this usage. The domain-specific attentional benefits of modafinil have yet to be quantified objectively in healthy human volunteers. Modafinil significantly enhanced attention in humans. These results indicate that modafinil produces domain-specific enhancement of attention in humans not driven by hyperarousal. Another American study totaling 60 patients, evaluated its utility in improving recovery from cognitive impairment caused by time in an intensive care unit. And there was also an Italian study of healthy elderly people, and they noted that the main finding of the study is that modafinil promotes enhanced centrality, a measure of the importance of nodes within functional networks. Present findings provide functional data supporting the hypothesis that modulate the cortical cerebral connectivity of the aging brain. So this is implying great levels of connectivity between the different regions of the brain. One of the more interesting pieces of research in 2017 that I, that I would actually like to interview the researchers, do a podcast with them, was a study of nearly 3,000 chess games played by Germans that compared methylphenidate, 
modafinil, and caffeine. It concluded, only when controlling for game duration, as well as when excluding those games lost on time, both modafinil and methylphenidate enhanced chess performance as demonstrated by significantly higher scores. Interestingly, the study suggests that modafinil decreased the decisiveness of the players. The players markedly spent more time reflecting and thinking about their next move. So if a given day project or task that you're doing demands decisiveness, you may want to reach for a different smart drug than modafinil. On depression, a German review concluded that it may be effective for treatment-resistant depression. From its abstract, modafinil might be an option for depressed patients who are not responding to antidepressant monotherapy or established augmentation technologies. How modafinil affects behavior. Another German study administered 200 milligrams and studied how it affects decision-making behavior. We applied a task that separately tests the choice of previously rewarded behaviors, such as approach and avoidance of previously punished behaviors. Modafinil, but not a placebo, induced a significant bias towards approach behavior as compared to the frequency of avoidance behavior. I'll admit that I'm a bit confused by this study. Is it saying that modafinil makes you more likely to to approach? Does this mean that it's a good drug for pickup artists doing day game to use? Uh, that certainly wasn't my experience with it. I think modafinil is a pretty lousy drug for any kind of socializing. I'll try to get a statement from the researchers to clarify. Either way, modafinil does change your personality while you're dosed on it. You're, you're not quite going to be yourself, but again, that, that, that might be a good thing because sometimes it can be useful to transform yourself into a productivity robot. Can't it? Next, let's talk about modafinil and ADHD. A Korean meta-analysis looked at the results of multiple human studies done to determine its value as a treatment of ADHD and from its abstract. An extensive search of databases and clinical trial registries resulted in five published short-term randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trials. The results showed that modafinil more significantly improved ADHD scores than placebo. In terms of commonly observed side effects, modafinil showed significantly higher incidence of decreased appetite and insomnia. Here's an interesting study that was on modafinil in university culture. And this this is something that falls into the domain of, of softer science, okay? And they did a study looking at how modafinil and the use of study of, of study drugs are regarded morally in the UK and other Anglosphere universities in the US, Canada, Australia, etc. The authors of the paper conducted focus groups totaling 66 students from its abstract. 
we find that pharmacological cognitive enhancement resilience among UK university students is mediated by normative and cultural judgments disfavoring competitiveness and prescription drug taking. Pharmacological cognitive enhancement risk can be augmented by social factors such as soft peer pressure and normalization of enhancement within social and institutional networks. And that's, that's kind of interesting. So I think what they're saying there is that cultural judgments disfavoring competitiveness. So it's, I, I think that's what they're saying is that these, these students are feeling that using modafinil imbues an unfair advantage. And so they're kind of seeing it as a way of pharmacologically cheating in, in, in your academic environment with other students that may not have the advantage of, you know, being able to spend two or three pounds on a, on a capsule of modafinil so that you can study twice as hard and long as the next guy. So that's, that's kind of interesting. So they have a, a bit less of a, of a free market perspective in UK universities. Surprise, surprise. Speaking of social life and social dynamics, a Swiss study noted that modafinil increased misclassifications of emotions as angry on the facial emotion recognition task. And this is confirming what I've said elsewhere, which is that modafinil is not really my go-to social smart drug. Because yeah, they're, they're misclassifying the, the angry emotion on people's faces, which is, that's, that's fairly important to be able to see someone's face and in just a millisecond pick out what their emotion is. Next, I'll mention stroke recovery. A double-blind, placebo-controlled human trial of 232 Australians noted its helpful effect with the debilitating fatigue that follows a stroke, and it concluded participants receiving modafinil reported a significant decrease in fatigue and improved quality of life compared with placebo. But modafinil doesn't always outperform the placebo. From an American clinical trial treating fatigue in those suffering from an autoimmune disease of the liver. In patients with primary biliary cirrhosis who have fatigue, treatment with modafinil for 12 weeks was safe and well tolerated. However, it did not result in beneficial effects on fatigue compared with patients treated with placebo. Modafinil versus addiction. An animal study demonstrated that modafinil decreased conditioned place preference induced by amphetamines. I find this interesting because conditioned placed preference is a Pavlovian method where an animal goes to a specific location in its maze or living environment and is given a stimulating drug there. Thus, it develops a preference for that place and it gets excited there about getting high, right? So perhaps this indicates that modafinil could be helpful to addicts of the human variety who are in recover and who get that enticing serotonin hit whenever they pass by a place that they used to indulge 
their self-destructive vice. You'll hear addicts talking about how they will go back by a neighborhood or they'll pass by a house or a place where they used to get high and they will end up relapsing because they get that serotonin hit and they just can't resist going back and getting high. So modafinil is probably a good idea for those people to consider. And those people should also check out the documentary series that I did on life hacking self-control. I'll mention pregnancy briefly. A Spanish study on narcoleptic women administered it to six pregnant women without adverse effect on the women or their pregnancies. On motor enhancement, as many casual users will attest to, modafinil enhances your motor control. It will likely make you a little more graceful on the basketball court or the dance floor. An animal study noted that it improved motor impairment, which makes it an option uh, to consider for those who are suffering from Parkinson's. In conclusion, after reading through the abstracts of all 80 of those studies, which I did, so you don't have to, I'm optimistic here that bad science is on the decline, at least in regards to smart drugs like modafinil. There's already a number of double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized human trials that are pre-registered for modafinil research in 2018. And if you're a person who has some appreciation or who has acquainted yourself with scientific epistemology, you know that double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized human trials that are pre-registered is the new gold standard for good science that's going to yield us results that really does help us to create a better world and 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 for scientists to to deliver to future generations a gift of health that we can look back at the scientists that preceded us you know people like uh, uh, Pasteur that gave us, you know, these gifts of research that make us all much more healthy and happy. I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy about the direction things are going. It appears also that the research institutions are figuring out that there's tremendous public interest in nootropics or smart drugs that can be used by healthy young people to make them happier, healthier, and more productive. This indicates science is getting more into the prevention and empowerment business as opposed to just being in the business of treating sick people. And that's a real sign for optimism. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I will encourage you if you're thinking about modafinil, it, it is a serious drug that has some serious effects. And I'll encourage you before you do spend your money on it or consume it, take a look at the other videos and research that I have on it. And I look forward, as always, to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at 
info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.